when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. This is Nicole Hannah-Jones, creator of the 1619 Project from the New York Times Magazine. The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. Hello, I'm Imri, the host of the Wannabe podcast, the podcast that takes you from where you are now to where you want to be in 30 minutes or less. Hello, welcome back. I'm so excited that you're here. I was on BBC Radio 4's media show last week with the guys from My Dad Wrote a Porno and I had an absolute blast. So if you heard me on there, you decided to check out the podcast. Welcome. So happy to have you. This week, I'm joined by my friend and my confidant and my personal tarot reader, Leona Nicole Black. Leona is a tarot therapist who launched her tarot business last year. She has a YouTube channel where she does monthly general readings for each sign, as well as juggling her PhD at Leeds University. Her thesis is titled Beyond the Problem of Blackness, which is all about black joy, right? What a difference. Leona recently appeared on Channel 4, which was a segment about Afrofuturism. In today's episode, we talk about Leona's journey from academia to tarot. We talk about shifting your thoughts about money and getting comfortable charging. And what you will take away from this episode is how to trust your instincts and how to experience and get very comfortable with feeling fear. So let's do it. I know people are skeptical, but what I love about tarot is that it's not about like future readings, it's about kind of really being intuitive and kind of understanding who the who the person is in front of you and how you can kind of help them progress to the yeah. next stage and I felt like you genuinely do that I feel like you took the time out to do that um so obviously a tarot reading is a far cry from academia <laughs> and I want to know what happens Girl. for you to just switch <laughs> up the game and just become like this badass YouTuber, tarot reader, you got services on services on services. <laughs> you just upped your prices because you're so in demand. Like yeah. you are out here killing it. So what happened? Tell us. Well, well, well. This is a subject I'm super passionate about, obviously, because it's now taking up so much of my life's work. Um, so this is all connected to my escape into intellectualism and then getting dragged back out. <laughs> okay. Like dragged. Yeah, you know? I was dragged back. <laughs> I was, um, I think I have always 
been aware that there is more to our experience than the stuff that we can touch and see you know like more to ourselves than our material life um and I think most people have kind of had this experience when I was a child I used to look in the mirror and I just used to be so freaked out because I used to think something's in there you know what I mean <laughs> like there's my body but when I'm looking in at my eyes in the mirror I was just like I feel that there's something inside this body you know a consciousness or a soul if we want to call it or a spirit or whatever I didn't have those language that language at six or seven years old yeah but I was looking and going this is weird like (laughs) I did feel that way so when I was really young um I definitely had a sense of like there is more than the physical and you know I'm from a Caribbean background um very kind of like strong Pentecostal very fundamentalist I'd now say um Mm -hmm. and so I was raised in that so I was I grew up in the church and so that was kind of my first language around God and spirituality and exploring those issues and I had loads of different experiences that kind of made me feel like yeah there's you know I believe in a God so to speak but of course in that that religious tradition there are loads of things that are closed off that are shut down that are seen as um evil or that you shouldn't engage or in, um uh, engage in I guess and, and astrology and tarot is definitely one of those things mm. and so I was definitely curious naturally we lived in an age where there were like horoscopes all over the place which I have issue with but um <laughs> I just had that thing of you're not supposed to do that. You know, it's the whole Ouija board thing. Like, oh, you connect to evil spirits and they get you. Yeah, I'm still not here for Ouija boards, <laughs> Me <mate>. neither. <laughs> so, I won't mess with them things, no. Um, so then I, I stayed away. I did. In 2010, when I left the job, when I finished uni, was also when I left the church, you know, like I'd gone through some extremely painful things that just really made me question God altogether. I was just like, look, I was a super devout Christian. I was absolutely fundamental. I've apologized to people since for some of the things I said to them when when I was like a raging Christian and was basically like, you're, you know, if you don't change us, you're going to hell. Like that was basically who I was. Yeah. Um, wow. But also I was super involved in the church. I was in the youth team, the media team, like whatever team there was, the, the arts team and the, the plays and the... I did super church is this? <laughs> I was just in church all the time. You know, I was in that particular church between the ages of seven to 21 so it was my family it was my whole life yeah and I was shifting you know particularly through black consciousness like going to uni Mm. you know I did an English literature degree so I always knew I was passionate about that but I did like my master's was in um, race and resistance like I I developed this real interest in social justice and particularly around the community issues that I was seeing you know like you know black slash people of color experiences And my church that I was in was very colonial, you know, it was just like, you know, we don't need culture. We just need Jesus. And, you know, like they were very anti-natural hair. We didn't even have at that time. What? Remember, this is 2010. So we didn't have the natural hair movement we currently have. But I remember like changing my hair. I used to press it and just going, I don't want to anymore. You know, I'd much just rather wear my hair as it goes off my head. And that being an issue, you know, like people, there was, I remember a particular service where they were like, they chopped off somebody's locks because the locks had, hey! had a spirit and they were trying to free them of the spirit that was inside the locks. And I was sitting in this Yo, church, church like, <laughs> I ain't going to name no names, but I was just like, 
in yo no man like this crazy that's too much yeah that's so and i said to the friend who's got me on this track <laughs> i said to her and she's fantastic she's a libra i said to her i think i might be addicted <laughs> and then she was like no you're not addicted there's something in it for you you know like this sounds like a passion it sounds like i think you should explore it mm-hmm. and her kind of compassion and her openness you know was what made me go well i think i might actually want to practice and I was having all these dreams about my own kind of sense of repression around that and then um she was very encouraging so I bought my first set of cards and just started reading on myself and then I won't this has been a long story so I'll let you ask some more questions but so much more came out of that process so how did you know that you wanted to charge or when when did you know it was time to kind of progress from yourself to someone else like what was that moment that you felt yeah I'm gonna read someone else and charge money so in terms of like progressing from myself that was more about getting more experience with reading you know so there's only so many times you can read for yourself like you only have so many questions right or like I don't know I feel like I can ask endless questions well I am a researcher by nature so the first thing I did was go online and be like what's a great way to ask questions like what's the rules of tarot I was very much like how do I do this in a way that makes sense Mm -hmm. and one of the things I read is that it is not good to constantly do readings over the same issue like once you've read leave it alone so as an individual person like I've asked the question now. There's no more readings to do. Yeah. But I was passionate about it. So I started reading for friends. Um, and my friends were really open and curious. So I started reading for friends. And then um, I just kind of expanded that. I was getting more experience. was growing in my skills and studying it and stuff. Money. Um, that came through to me really intuitively. But I was very resistant to it. Um, Why? <sighs> I'm going to call it poverty consciousness, right? But I know What's that my... That? Right, I'm going to say, like, everyone's going to go, what does that mean? Um... I've been talking about this a lot, but it's just the way that our life experiences, and I, I mean this particularly as black people slash people of color, like have conditioned us into certain kind of attitudes or an, a relationship to money, you know? Mm-hmm. So it is in one sense, not understanding like good, healthy, like money practices and not understanding like economics Amen. and finances. There's that, mm-hmm. but there's also like a very, there's an emotional the way we relate to money isn't just mental we have emotional feelings about it and a lot of those feelings can be fear you know like a fear around not having enough you know and I definitely had loads of that I was working like as soon as my NIA card came through the door my mum was like get a job you know (laughs) so I was working from the moment I was able to work you know and so I was constantly in this kind of don't I don't have enough I must work and I didn't even know how you get money without Say like you needed any more money. To me, that just meant you needed to work more hours. Like yeah. I had no sense of acquiring finance in any other way. I was super limited. Um, so when it came to like charging, I was one just in a space of like just very unhealthy money practices. Just, course, yeah. just feeling very like not like having enough, but also there's a lot of stigma around tarot. And I just didn't see myself as the kind of person that wanted to charge people so I started feeling it like as a prompt intuitively and I ignored it for ages um so when I did charge the first time I charged I was I think I was still president of Black Femme Sock at that Black Feminist Society sorry at the University of Leeds I mean I knew what you meant but yeah (laughs) thanks for clarifying for those that don't (laughs) I may have been president so I think um but I charged like five pounds 55 I think that was like yeah I was like so specific (laughs) 
<laughs> I was like five 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 guys like come and get a reason. So that was like five 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 one three or five 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 tarot. <laughs> so for me, it was just about. I just didn't have like the confidence to charge any more than that. I wasn't, for me, it even wasn't, I wasn't thinking to make a business out of it, Mm. but I was also just trying to listen to what, I mean, I'm an intuitive person now. Right. So I'm trying to listen to what the prompts meant. And so I did, I was like, I'm going to do it. And in doing it, I started reading a lot around like money and spiritual work and just trying to understand like what my beliefs and philosophy is around that. Now, now, now I'm, I have the tarot business. So, you know, I don't have no problems charging <laughs> <laughs> and I don't charge £5.55 no more either. Um, but for me, I've just come to an understanding that like money, and I'm, I'm going to sound super esoteric when I say this, but money is an energy. Do you know what I mean? Like money is a resource and money is not negative or bad, even though like this is scripture, right? Like money's the real, or the love of money is the real of all evil. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm going to leave that alone. But <laughs> I feel like money in and of itself is not evil. So I don't think there's anything um, negative about charging for spiritual work, particularly because one, it's a resource that I need to function in this world. But two, resources help you expand it helps you reach more people like um so someone paid me to do an event um a really wonderful person and it was a fantastic event that they put on and it was generally a great experience for me but therefore for the people who attended it was free at the point of use yeah so they paid me to do tarot readings but for the people who turned up they didn't have to pay it was free for them right and what I noticed was that some people were really disrespectful about it like your appointment with me is at seven and you rock up at nine and go but I want my reading and I it was all that kind of stuff that made me realize because you're not investing anything in this, like yeah. you don't value this, you know, like there's an entitlement that comes. And that was also the click for me. Like, yes, I charge because I'm doing that. I'm spending a lot of my time and energy on this work and I need to sustain myself. But also it's about, this is where you place value, you know? Mm-hmm. And the, I do like an in-depth reading, for example, which is my most expensive service somewhat. And, um, I've noticed be just reaching for paper to be like, <laughs> so I'm gonna need one. <laughs> I have noticed that those are the most powerful readings I do. And I've realized that part of it is because of what that person invests in the process, they are very committed to it. You know, they're very committed, they're present. Some of my clients, and this is perfectly fine, but because a lot of people are coming to it for the first time, mm-hmm. they're super skeptical, right? They're like, mm, heard some stuff about this tariff thing. Let me try it. Let me just see what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a certain, and I don't get me wrong. I do dope readings, but there's, there is, you match that energy that it matches. Right. Like you get kind of resistance. You're going to feel that resistance makes it harder. It does. You know, so it will also, I still think that my readings exceed expectations, but I'm also aware that energetically what you're putting out, you kind of get back. So when I have clients who are like, I am invested in this process, I know it's valuable. Like, and I know this process is going to help me. It's one of those things where I speak to other people about it and they're complete skeptics. And I said, I've always said, I'm not, I'm a scientist by nature, somewhat like you. Like Mm. I came from that background of academia. Behavioral observation was kind of my bag and that's what I did. And I was like, I'm just not arrogant enough to believe that this is it. Like I just, there's been too much in my life that has, there's been so much trauma that could have ended my life. (laughs) Like 
quite simply and it hasn't and there's a reason for that and there has to be something else that's like I have a purpose to fulfill and also my birthday is like 1708 and I was born at 817 wow and like all the if I I'm not even into numerology but like all of my numbers end up as seven and eights beautiful so I'm just here like okay this is Nicole Hannah-Jones creator of the 1619 project from the New York Times magazine The project makes a case that you don't often hear in history textbooks, that slavery was foundational to America. So it wasn't surprising that we ignited a fierce debate among historians about these issues. But that's the power of the New York Times, to spark an important dialogue with bold, rigorous reporting that forces us to examine our assumptions. To learn more, go to nytimes.com slash worth it. I really do want you to include this, but um, one of the, the reason I'm therefore frustrated around horoscopes is because I think that is one of the main issues that people are switched off from astrology and, and um, tarot is because they aren't they have no sense of their overall birth chart picture, mm-hmm. and so what they're reading isn't actually relevant to them. So you need to read your rising sign horoscope. Some astrologers, like Shani and Nicholas, I think she's called or Nichols, one of the two. She's incredible. Like my favorite astrologer by far because she does the thing that I don't think I do do or will do, which is that she marries astrology with social justice seamlessly. Like her astrology is like, I'm going to talk about Donald Trump today. Do you know what I mean? And she is just super into equality and the things that really matter to me, but she's really found a way to bridge, as you call it, the divine arts with that. And I find her incredible. So she does um, great horoscopes, the best that I've read. Absolutely. And she always writes like for like Virgo and Virgo rising. So for her is as she writes them, it's an attunement to your sun sign. But what she doesn't do like most people will say like, oh, you know, the sun is all oh, this is in your seventh house of whatever, whatever. That's very specific to your rising sign. She writes her horoscopes intuitively. You know, obviously she's using like the astrology of the moment, mm-hmm. but I can feel that her readings are very intuitive. So I think they resonate for people a lot more. But my issue is, yeah, reading horoscopes incorrectly is why people think that astrology and tarot ain't shit. Yeah. And so I'm out here just doing the debunking, man. <laughs> We can include that part. I'm just not going to talk about the part where I don't care about people's feelings. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that. <laughs> we'll just keep that out. Um, so what is one issue that you are dealing with right now or a challenge that you're facing? That's the perfect segue, actually, because the issue is the split for me. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 
between my academic life and um I guess my spiritual world I'm very practically in terms of like what I'm doing so like getting to a point with the PhD where uh, I'm wondering I'm, I'm pausing because I'm asking myself how transparent am I really going to be because like anybody from the university could be listening to this um, but I'm going to keep it 100 the PhD is Whoops. a very long process mm. your life changes particularly at the stage that I'm doing it I'm 30 now so you know when you're going to university at undergraduate level there isn't um, there's a lot going on for you emotionally right like it's a very disorienting time but on the whole yeah. your responsibilities are fairly limited you just need to eat and pay your rent basically and you know you start reaching a different point of adulthood and your life gets very complex and who you are as a person changes so I thought that the person I was obviously as you've heard me talk about when I started this process is now a very different person and my relationship to uh, my thesis is painful very painful and I'm finding it very difficult um, and I'm being pulled in a very different direction career-wise, you know, and I resisted, really resisted. Mm. At one point, I felt really strongly um, that I shouldn't go and get a nine-to-five job, you know. That was, like, what I was going to do next, like, in terms of just supporting me at this point in the in the PhD. And I felt really strongly in my intuition. I didn't. I was like, well, I need money. Do you know what I mean? So what is it that I'm supposed to be doing? And I was feeling this pull towards, you know, starting a tarot business, you know, not just doing readings here and there, but really committing to it. And my, there were lots of fears for me around that. One was around um, the accolade, you know, I'm a Virgo. I care a lot about um, prestige and what people think of me in that sense. That's how we are. And I thought, so I'm supposed to give up the prestige of being a doctor, you know, like I'm really giving myself to a PhD to shuffle cards. Like, are you for real? Like, I'm a card shuffler now? So I was really resistant. Like, no, I like that. You know, even though I talked about, you know, getting away from being a smart black woman, I still liked, you know, that I was doing a PhD and that was a very prestigious thing to do. And I, I was very much clinging to it. But also the fear for me, definitely this is a big issue that I'm still working through the fear for me around what does it look like if I really relinquish this you know what does it look like if I take time out from this process what does it look like if I never finish it now I'm a Virgo we don't do that like Virgo does not leave stuff undone you know I am a finisher so getting to the point where I'm like I'm being pulled so much in a different direction in my life, you know, and this is not the first time this has happened to me, but it wasn't as dramatic. It wasn't as drastic. Like I changed disciplines, for example, and started again in uni and it was a big thing and my family were against it and I just did it. Um, But I was still within the same field, you know, like for me now saying, okay, am I really stepping away from academia? Am I not going to be a lecturer? Am I not going to do any of that? Um, Am I going to, really do this more spiritual path and and embrace the changes that come with it you know like the other thing about being super intellectual is that your friendships and your social circle is you know like and so when you start like with the i do tarot stuff a lot of my people were side-eyeing me like what's that (laughs) you know like (laughs) We don't do that. Do you know what I mean? Smart yeah. people don't shuffle cars. Like, and we don't believe in like that the yeah. sun has anything to do with your life and full moons and all the rest of it. So really struggling around, you know, my friendships and being perceived and all the rest of it. And, you know, some of my friends have rolled with it and stayed with me. Others haven't, you know, that's life. Yeah. Um, but that has been an issue that I've been working through, like this complete shift in career. Honestly, I'm two months into this business. 
Mm. And it is beautiful. I am I can very tell. in love with it. Um, it gives me so much purpose and satisfaction. And it's in a very blessed place right now. So I feel like that makes the choice a little easier, you yeah. know, because it's like, I know it's this thing about alignment, more esoteric language, but you know, like when you do the thing that you're supposed to do, you get the support, you know, from God, you get things lined up for you. You get that kind of like the journey becomes, you still have your obstacles and your challenges, mm. but you're not swimming upstream anymore. Absolutely. And I'm feeling that. So I'm knowing this is my path and I'm surrendering to it a bit more. Ah, oh, you just spoke truth to power I guess (laughs) I feel that because that is almost how I felt for the two years I've been podcasting wow where it definitely was serving a purpose it was fulfilling a need Mm. but for the last at least for the last year plus I was like this isn't this isn't what I'm meant to be doing. This is not the message I'm meant to be bringing. Mm. Um, And also this isn't me. Like I was very resistant to a lot of topics. I don't watch the news. I don't read politics. I don't, I don't actually, I'm not involved in that world because for mental health reasons, it doesn't, it doesn't serve me to be constantly engaging in negativity. Um, And yeah, I'm very sensitive to those things because they can trigger some very serious mental health issues for me. So I really am very kind of protective of what I consume. Um, So I I definitely felt like I was being pulled away from it. And there were so many opportunities to leave it. And I didn't for various reasons. Um, And then it got to a point where it just had to. Mm -hmm. And I mean, in that process, I think a large part of delaying it kind of caused a lot of, (laughs) a lot of damage. Um, A lot of things had to fall apart and I'm all the way good with that. Um, I really had to make my peace with that because that just seemed like it had to happen. It had to be that way. Um, But now that I've started doing it, this, doing this podcast, I'm like, I fully feel like I'm walking my purpose. Like I love doing this. I don't mind that it takes four hours to edit an episode to get it done to 30 minutes. I don't mind. Like, I don't mind spending all my time on social media. You would have to put like social media is actually my day to day job. (laughs) Like, (laughs) You had to pull teeth for me to be on social media to do stuff before. Now I don't mind it. Like I'm on it all the time. I'm engaging with listeners. I'm engaging with everyone that comes on this podcast. And I've learned so much like all of my habits, all the, like a lot of my bad habits have completely changed. Like I've never used my laptop in bed since George's episode where she's like, I don't use my laptop in bed. And I was like, it's one of the worst habits I have because I don't sleep. I have really bad insomnia. Sometimes I haven't used my laptop in bed. And like, I see like these small things in my life changing. I'm reading more. I'm getting better with my money. I'm getting more money and it's coming from different places. (laughs) So I completely hear you on like that feeling of, um, kind of stepping into the thing that you're meant to be doing because yeah. it's so powerful, it's so uplifting. But then also having that real fear of, well, what happens if I give up this other thing that I have been wanting, I've yeah. always wanted, and now it just doesn't feel right. Yeah. And yeah, that fear was so real. And I mean, ultimately, a lot of my fear was realized. And I think that's because I put a lot of that into the world. Mm. And a lot of my kind of worst thoughts became the The reality, reality. (laughs) unfortunately. But if I had just been like, well, no, this is kind of what I need to do and and, and owned it from the beginning, maybe it would have been different. And that's important to say as well, because that does happen. It happened to me on a smaller scale, like in the PhD process, like I was teaching. I'm very passionate about that. I love it. I'm an educator 
by nature. That's my vocation. So I was teaching undergrads, but I got to a point where I felt intuitively like I shouldn't teach. But again, poverty consciousness and stuff. I was mm. thinking, but what about the coin? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I want the money, you know? So I continued and the relationships I had there really soured. Things went extremely negative. I ended up stopping and I thought, but you were told to stop, you know, and if you'd stopped at the point that you felt that intuitively yeah. would have been an entirely different process for you. And now do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's some horrible, painful thing yeah. because you didn't listen, girl. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. you still have to stop, you know, but just in a very unpleasant um, way. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of for, eventually that forced stop is not, you don't want to get to the yeah, forced stop. Yeah, just don't stop. do the forced stop, man. Because <laughs> that emergency break is always more damaging <laughs> than if you had just stopped at the light and Gentle. waited your time yes absolutely. <laughs> but yeah I definitely I definitely hear you on like that fear because it's a very it, it is very real and sometimes it is money related yeah. or like it's very tied to very real things and I remember in my reading you were like um I think it was like the is it five of pentacles I had or yes. the guy who was clinging that coin were four, four, of, four pentacles. of pentacles and I, it came up twice <laughs> and I was just like oh god but like clinging on you like you're clinging on to things but it's not like these things aren't valuable yeah. and I remember that so vividly that was like the one takeaway it's like I'm clinging on to something but these things are valuable to me yeah. they've always meant something to me so even though I need to let them go in some capacity it's not an easy thing to let go of yeah. so see your readings are just here still, <laughs> still living through me um but yeah no what so what is like one action that you've taken so far or an action that you're going to be taking that the listeners who might also be dealing with this very same thing can do to kind of overcome and push through this process I think there's internal and external actions you know like in some ways some of the action you do happens on an emotional level so one of the things for me was obviously surrendering to this path but also like surrendering to the unknown it's really important like as I'm making this choice to go in this there, there are real consequences like and I mean like with the university and stuff so yeah I'm kind of like I have to surrender to what that is you know I have to trust that if this is my alignment if this is my purpose my vocation what I'm being asked and I know that I'm being asked by God to do this in my life right now I have to trust that the other element of it will work itself out even if it's challenging or painful so emotionally and mentally I'm preparing myself for it's okay like even if it looks stormy like you're saying you know you were in the eye of the storm mm. you know even if it looks crazy and like whoa I, I didn't want that it will you'll find your way through, you know, I'll come to the other side. So that's the internal process I'm going through. The external one is about courage. You know, for me, it was about actually listening. That that was a lesson. The whole, like, I didn't listen and then, then things were real awful. <laughs> I'm now a lot, no, I can't say a lot quicker because I still procrastinate. Um, but I am a bit quicker in listening to my intuition, you know. So for me, it's like, the more I get those promptings and they're clear is about taking those like steps, like trust yourself, mm -hmm. do the thing. And I guess the thing that I would say is that sometimes it's doing one step. You know, there are loads of steps for me in terms of like shifting what I'm doing, changing my, my time. And, you know, there are different processes I've had to like go through in order to kind of solidify that. But I didn't do them all at once. You know, I wasn't yeah. even emotionally capable of doing them all at once. Yeah. So it was about getting the ball rolling, doing the first thing. Or Tracy Ellis Ross said something that I adore and really come back to because we are always in periods of our lives where there's uncertainty and we don't know the next step. And she said, do the next indicated thing. And I love it. We don't Tracy know. Tracy Ellis Ross needs to write a book. She to be does. Honest, I will pre-order. 
I'm just does. waiting. I Googled like, does she have one? She doesn't. Write a book, Tracy. <laughs> Write a book. We might not know step 10, but you know step one. Yeah. You know the next indicated step for yourself. So just do that. Yes, I agree. Um, I did my first step and put, made my services live. Woo woo. <sighs> Pressure. <laughs> and, and I've already got like that kind of anxiety around pricing and how much I charge. I'm like, wait, I know I'm worth more than what I'm charging. So do I. Um, but here I am. I'm going to start yeah, and just to. see, feel my way around and, and pad that out. And then like, honestly, like I think what you were saying is so accurate. Just take the next step. You know what it is. Intuitively, yeah. you know exactly what it is. Whether that is uh, recording the first YouTube video, whether yeah. that's putting up a website. Like, there's free ways to make websites now. Mm. There's no excuse. Um, and whether that's just calling that person, emailing that person. Yeah. A lot of the times we will procrastinate on what it is that we want to do for fear that it won't happen the way we won't happen. But the, honestly, I've actually talked myself into asking certain guests that I've managed to secure. I've taught myself taught mm. myself out of it so many times, like that person's never going to respond. Half the time, sometimes they say no, and but they responded, at least yeah. they took the time out. Yeah. Um, or they can't do it right now. At that moment. And that's yeah. fine because I know that, you know what, maybe I'm just not in the right place to have that conversation with them yet. Yeah. And I just look at it like that like maybe I wasn't ready for that conversation yeah and that's it and just let it be that so I definitely think taking the next next step you know what it is write it down if you have to and just put it somewhere I have my wardrobe is covered (laughs) in like affirmations steps things to get me better on money I always write things down I I believe in putting pen to paper because then it's real for me um so I think as well there's this element that of acknowledging that the fear doesn't always go away and I say that because you mentioned my YouTube videos and I was really nervous about doing that I procrastinated for ages like I got an intuitive message that that was the next step for me and I was like "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) we'll keep doing what we're doing and but my main fear was one there were so many tarot readers in that space I didn't understand like I had a lot of insecurity around how I could value myself and be different. So again, that kind of self-worth issue. And when I did the first one or the first few and I put them out and I felt good about it, but after I'd done it, like I still went through that. I thought that was terrible. No one's going to like it. I was like racked with like, that's rubbish. And do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I think it was maybe into maybe, the 20th video before I was like okay cool I'm good with this you know yeah. like, so when you make the first step you won't just go great you know what I mean I'm over the fear you know the fear stays with you you have to work despite it and know that sometimes your fear is going to live with you yeah you know, it will it's going to sit next to you on that sofa while you're doing what you want to do I think it builds up resilience as well to have that fear because yeah. you're just like well no I'm gonna do it in Go spite against of you. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really important that you just know you're gonna continue to dance with it, and it will dissipate. But that has that has been at every level of my life. So I don't. Every time I do something new, and I stretch myself, I have to live with the fear of it while I'm doing it, and I'm learning that now. And so I'm just going. To, That's fine. That's okay. Yeah, I think um, also what helps for me anyway is kind of mitig like worst case scenario planning Mm. some people say don't do that but I'm like what is the worst case scenario half the time like can I live with that that scenario can I actually live with it what would how long is that going to last for is it a few hours or is it a few days yeah is it months of pain Mm. it's never months like it's almost never months of pain like (laughs) I have been in some really horrendous situations and within five days max I'm over that like it's never that bad so 
maybe map out what are the worst things that can happen then on a scale of one to ten like how painful would that be for you and if you feel like you can live through it live with that pain run through it because i guarantee it's not going to be anywhere close to as bad as you thought it was in the first place so thanks leona you're welcome Ah, you guys, I love Leona. She is my personal reader and seeing how much she's grown with her business gives me so much joy. You can follow Leona on YouTube and Instagram at Leona Nicole Black. That's L-E-O-N-A-N-I-C-H-O-L-E-B-L-A-C-K. And if you're interested in tarot, I highly recommend checking her out on YouTube first. Visit her website, NicoleBlack.com. That's N-I-C-H-O-L-E black.com to find out more about her services and her phd thesis if you like how this podcast is made and you think you can do what i do then you need to reach out to the shout out network we have some fantastic new membership options starting from 99 pounds a month which includes editing for all of your episodes in a month so definitely check it out by visiting shoutoutnetwork.co.uk be sure to follow wannabe on twitter and instagram at wannabe podcast i'm doing a lot more on instagram so do be sure to check that out and if you're enjoying this podcast please do leave a review on itunes special thanks to audio Bin for providing the music on this episode thank you for listening see you on wednesday bye when it comes to your finances you think you've done it all you've saved you've researched and you've invested all that you can now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor yahoo finance As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.